Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, six weeks into the new school year, still no word or sign of really how it's going in the negotiations between the government and BC teachers. But as those discussions continue... The BC Teachers Federation is raising awareness about the 400 or so teaching positions across the province that are currently vacant. So what is going on? The BCTF says, well, other provinces can compete better for staff because they pay their teachers more. Uh, Let's talk more about these issues and what the holdup is now with the help of Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief in Victoria. Good morning, Keith. Morning, Simi. Now, we've talked about this periodically over the last couple of months, and it's always like, oh, there's still hope. They're still hopeful. Are they still hopeful? Well, I mean, the fact that talks are continuing is always a sign for somewhat optimism. But having covered the TF contract rounds a number of times over the years, I'm never really that optimistic about uh, successful conclusion without some sort of mayhem to occur before we get there. And in the past, we've seen school strikes, lockouts, job action. We haven't seen that this year. There's no. There's no strike vote in in sight for the TF. I think they want to drag this out as long as possible, but certainly nothing this fall. But as we get closer to the end of the school year, uh, and and the prospects of no deal being in place before then continue to be high, uh, then you have to start talking about potential uh, disruptions in the schools. The the TF doesn't want to talk about it right now, but eventually I think they're going to have to get there because there's no sign that a tremendous amount of progress is being made at the the contract table on the issue of financial compensation. The, The employer appears to have taken off the table any notion of concessions when it comes to contract language. And uh, the letter that was sent uh, to the mediator asking the mediator to to file a report, which we expect, I think, sometime next month, uh, is an indication that uh, the the, the employer is willing to just have a rollover contract, just keep the contract in place and add a 2% plus 2% plus 2% wage increase for three years. And so they're not, well, it really is all about money then. Uh, yes, um, the uh, and it usually is in a lot of contract talks, but the TF is making the argument now, and they've made this before with some validity, that BC's teachers are amongst the lowest paid across the country, and the, the situation is exacerbated because BC has, particularly Metro Vancouver, has one of the highest costs of living in the country. So you sort of compound those two issues. You're not being paid enough, and then your rents are sky high, or, or your mortgages compared to the rest of Canada, and that makes it hard to attract teachers from other jurisdictions and to retain them and to keep them working in uh, the jobs in BC. So it's it is all about money. It's it's about wages, and it uh, usually is at uh, with the TF and the and the and the employer once language is taken off the table. Right. Okay. And it seems like we always get to this point, right? Where there's so much hope about this. I was talking to a former president of the BCTF actually a couple of weeks ago. And it was his theory that, you know what, sometimes the BCTF has a tougher time with NDP governments than they do with perhaps a BC Liberal government. Well, yeah, the expectations, I think, are higher. That They, they, they think that the, the NDP is going to be more sympathetic and simply sort of capitulate to what the ETF is asking for. And that's just not the case. And further muddying the waters and worsening the situation to me is that the, 
government's finances are suddenly teetering. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a decline in revenues. The last quarterly report downgraded economic growth significantly. Uh, Carol James has already started the proverbial belt tightening in government, cutting, uh, trying to eliminate all discretionary spending. It's going to get worse next year. So there's not a lot of money for to be had here. This is why... Uh, the government is going to be completely unwilling to go beyond the two, two, and two because it would trigger any any increase on top of that that is significant uh, would trigger the so-called Me Too clauses in other public sector union contracts, which is that if another union gets more than we then then it's beyond the ma- the mandate, which is two, two, and two, then we get that as well. So another one percent across the board. Uh, for all unions is about $300 million, and the government just simply doesn't have that money, and it would almost be topple into deficit. And then you start compounding that year after year after year, it adds up to a significant amount of money. And the NDP is, uh, I think, displaying a bit of fiscal conservatism when it comes to balancing the budget, just as the B.C. Liberal uh, predecessors did, which is, makes it even harder for the TF to get more than what is on the table right now. Right. So over in Ontario, we've heard today that the union representing high school teachers is about to hold a strike vote among their members. What's going on in Ontario, the belt tightening that they have there, does that help or hurt us in B.C.? That's a good question. I, I think it uh, it may actually help the NDP's argument because the NDP is certainly not cutting education or, or attacking education like Doug Ford, the Doug Ford government is in Ontario. I have relatives who are young teachers in Ontario, and they're just beside themselves over what the cuts they see in the education system there. We're not cutting the system in BC. In fact, the NDP has increased the budget of the, in the education system way more than the Liberals ever did on their watch, and they're hiring because uh, triggered because of that uh, uh, court decision on contract language restoring the old language has triggered the the hiring of uh, I think two thousand teachers in BC. So it's I think the the approach to education is quite uh, in stark contrast to Ontario, which is all about cuts, cuts, cuts. Education is being funded like it never has been before in BC, but it's obviously not enough still to fill all those vacant teaching positions uh, that the TF is arguing, again, with validity, that there's still a heck of a lot more teachers that need to be um, hired. And what's happening is they're backfilling vacant positions by taking specialist teachers out of their specialist positions uh, and putting them into regular classrooms to fill uh, backfill uh, the teaching spots that are that are left unfilled. Right. Is it possible that we just actually have a shortage of teachers, that there's not enough teachers out there? Yeah, there's not enough teachers. Um, we used to have a surplus of teachers for years. Now it appears we have a, a deficit in terms of teaching positions. There is this theory that a bunch of Ontario teachers are going to move to British Columbia because they're getting chopped in, in uh, Ontario. The TF is arguing that's probably not going to be the case because nobody can afford to live in Vancouver. But, you know, if you're a teacher in Toronto who loses their job, uh, the cost of living in Toronto is just as high as it is in Vancouver. So I think uh, some teachers will be coming this way. But it's tough to get teachers to, you know, go outside Metro into the interior in the north. Uh, not everybody wants to live there, and it can be tough to attract them there, particularly if the wages aren't that high. But this is not going to get solved at the negotiating table. I think the government's going to have to be a little creative, be a little more creative to go beyond the pure compensation package and find other ways to uh, financially uh, incentivize teachers that don't go to the necessary the salary grid. There has to be, I think, special funds to allow teachers to uh, sort of dip into them to offset some living expenses. 
do they have the ability to, as a room to do that kind of thing now? I, I think there's a little bit of room on that. They've done it in the past. We've had a learning improvement fund. Uh, there can be the, the TF has argued in the past uh, pay for people's moving expenses. This type of thing. I think you can get creative at the bargaining table. That can go beyond the salary grid, and other unions have done that as well. Uh, LPNs, I think nurses have done some creativity uh, measures in in their. Uh, contract round, which was settled successfully. The TF is looking to sort of change the salary grid, so perhaps younger teachers get paid a little more at the start, and older teachers maybe don't get a big pay increase sort of at the end of their careers. But again, there has to be negotiations, and my take on the TF contract tax over the years, there's actually very little negotiations that go on. Negotiations in the collective bargaining is a system of give and take. And there's very little evidence that the TF is ever sort of given. It's all about take, and it's uh, that's just not a way to get a contract done. So I think we're going to see a mediator file his report. Uh, he can recommend his, the terms of settlement. That will put pressure on the TF because he's not going to uh, recommend a settlement that goes beyond the, govern- the government's negotiating mandate. And so when he comes up with his recommendations, that will be put, put pressure on the TF to settle for that, but right. I don't think they will. Do we know when that is? I think it's... I think it's in November. I think it's soon, um, sooner right. than later. And uh, it's not like he's booked out. He's still the mediator, but uh, he, the employer wrote to him saying they want him to file a report uh, with his views of what's happened in this dispute. I don't think it's going to be good news for the TF when he, when he files his report. I think he's going to be critical of them. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll be talking to you again then, I take we it. Will. Keith, thank you. <laughs> All right, again. That's Keith Baldry, Global's Legislative Bureau Chief in Victoria, updating us on the teacher you know, situation, the negotiations with the government. They've been going on and on and on. Remember, we kept hearing that, oh, they wanted a deal by the end of the school year. Well, that was months ago. Oh, then they were going to take the unusual step of negotiating over the summer. That didn't get them any closer. Now here we are into the middle of October. And as Keith said, they're working with a mediator to try to kind of find some middle ground but it doesn't look like that is happening. I would be really curious to hear from parents and teachers out there